Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Court of Alex podcast. We're a bunch of nerdy podcasters who like to talk about comics. I'm your DM Muse, and we're traveling to the world of fangirls as we look upon the beautiful comic that was Empire Aftermath. And no, there are no saving throws that can allow you to escape. So, Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph, for that one-liner, and I appreciate it. <laughs> It is your fault that I was able to come up with something like that. I, I must hope have you been know gone this. when this went down. <laughs> I did not sign off on this. Well, you're dealing with it. Anyways, so... My hands are clean. Of course, I'm here with my players. We have Joe. Hello. And V. Hi. <laughs> are we going to keep this up the whole time? No, we're, we're done. We're done. Uh, let's drop the, the D&D shtick. That was, we should have left that in last week. <laughs> we didn't know how excited I was going to be about D&D, though, last week. No, we you didn't. jumped in with both feet. I do that with everything that I experiment on. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of... It's us... intense, right? Yeah, well, I, I, get this, I get the same way. It's just like a nerdy thing It's It's general. not just like a, it's not a two feet in type of thing. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like a break through the window and then just roll right into whatever it's going to happen it's just yeah. full-on excitement and then like i scan around the room and then it's either all oh, right i can work with this or oh i don't like this and then i will just climb back out the window that i crashed in from <laughs> that was you've thought about this okay <laughs> all right steering back we, of course, are a comic podcast that uploads weekly. You can check the show notes below for which comics we'll be covering this week and their timestamps so you can skip over those titles if it's something you haven't read yet or aren't interested in reading. So we have a nice wide range of comics for this week. And of course, notice we're back onto our normal weekly comic talk. Since I'm the DM this week, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with Marvel. I'm I'm sorry. We're we're keeping up with the shtick, I guess. Shut up. <laughs> I am God. Um, <laughs> but mainly because I just want to get the fangirling out of the way, so we can focus on the other thing. You're not um, just sitting there with like your foot rapidly tapping, like yeah 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 yeah. This is all great and all. Pretty much. Uh, so hopefully I won't take as much time as I did last time we talked about. Uh, Empire. So, of course, I am covering Empire Aftermath Avengers number one. Um, this is just written by Al Ewing, and the artist is Valerio Shiti. And, of course, this is kind of the epilogue to the Empire event, wrapping up most of the Avengers focused storyline, or mostly the Kree Skrull Alliance storyline, uh, as we'll see later. So, it starts out with the backstory of what actually happened. When Galactus destroyed the scroll capital, uh, Tarnax the Fourth, and this is where Hulkling, his biological mother, dies because Galactus just ate their entire planet as he does, and we see her talking with her mother, who's the Empress and crazy grandma that you saw during the Empire event, and this solidifies even more that she is a very crazy bitch. She learns from her daughter that um, the child that she had didn't die and she sent him off to Earth to keep him away from all of this fighting. And Grandma's like, ooh, perfect, a pawn that I can use later on. I magically have a long-range teleportation device that can get me 
and possibly one other person to safety. But, uh, you, my dear, you're going to stay here. Have a nice day. And she just teleports away and leaves her daughter to die in the fires of Galactus destroying their planet. I'm like, Mm. okay then. And this is actually her talking to Hulkling while she's in jail. Um, After Empire Six, she was captured by Hulkling and the mask that she put on him, he put on her. So it's suppressing all of her uh, scroll abilities and they're keeping her in a prison. And it also, she talks about what uh, she was able to do, the trick that DNA scanner, because that was a whole weird thing where she Right, can, I remember that. Yeah, whoever she can morph into with her scroll abilities, she can also change her DNA because of some scroll tech that she managed to find and killed off the scientists for. That's tech, not just, like, the shape-shifting stuff? They used some tech to, like, rewrite and put something in her DNA code. They did something weird with it. I don't know. Marvel science the thing away. Okay, because I know, like, in um, the Young Justice, Miss Martian was able to actually change, like, her uh, blood type and everything. Oh, weird. To match um, Beast Boy in that one episode. Typically, scrolls, they just kind of change their shape. That was an mm-hmm. interesting thing during, oh, what was that big scroll invasion? Was it Secret War? There's so many big events, but uh, that was early 2000s or so. But mm-hmm. that was, I think, one of the reasons they found out, like, these are a bunch of imposters because DNA stuff. Um, okay. But they can't change their DNA. They can just change their physical form. And, of course, it jumps to... The adorable fluff that I love. And we actually get the official wedding between Hulkling and Wiccan. And the cute thing is, it's being officiated by a rabbi. Like, essentially like a scroll and Cree elder or priest. We don't know much. Mm. I don't know much about the religion. But it's being officiated by all three of them. Billy has his little his little yarmulke on. And once they're done saying their vows, they break the glasses too. So they're doing a lot of like the traditional stuff that you would see in a Jewish wedding. I wonder if that's even allowed, like, you can have all three types of religious people officiating this one wedding. <laughs> because you can. Is, is that even allowed? <laughs> like, would a rabbi be up for that? I guess. I don't know. Pam enough. <laughs> <laughs> even the rabbi, I think the rabbi was, like, tickled by it, to be honest, because he says, that was my first outer space, same-sex Jewish wedding. But I hope it's not my last, so... Oh, God. I, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, okay. Oh, my God. I think he's just having fun that he's out in space, so... kind of breaks my brain a little bit. Like, is he marrying them into the Jewish faith, then? Don't you have to do it that way? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is this How is this allowed? Like, doesn't he have to take, like, all those Jewish classes, like, at the synagogue? Or, like, Usually. Uh, it's it's you, not yeah. a Vegas wedding in space. No. <laughs> Which... They just gave a guy a hat, and they said, you are. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So then, the Vegas wedding, that was, I'm assuming, like, a Catholic type of wedding. Because mm. there was a priest there. Technically, yeah. Or somebody official. So now... It's more of like a Christian wedding, yeah. So now you have a Christian wedding, a Jewish wedding, a Cree wedding, and a scroll wedding. Yep. For the same two people. Yep. How does that They're work? really milking this for all it's worth, Marvel. <laughs> I, I 
either way, it was it, it's a bit ridiculous. And I do like the touches that they're like, we're not going to sh- completely sweep under the rug that Billy's uh, Jewish. Because I know a lot of, well, it's just like the fan community in general usually likes to have, throw little bits of when they get married and like fan fiction and stuff. To have like, then have a Jewish wedding because you can't put that part of Billy like away. Because it's just very, like, it's just kind of how he is as a character. Because people forget they... that with a lot of their Jewish characters too. But wouldn't they have added that in the package at, at Vegas? Because Vegas know. does all kinds of weddings. That is true. I I don't know. I do love how, like, I, I'm sorry, because I just love how you bring up these things. Ah, I really loved it. And then me and V are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you do have a point. And they were, I will say, like, probably maybe there could have been some miscommunication between writers. I don't know. No. But no, is 100% because Al has been grab. writing all of this stuff. Listen, listen. <laughs> if you want to make money, you don't have the wedding in one go. You make one to hint at it, and you make another that's maybe a flashback, and you have another that's the wedding, and then if you can have a second wedding, you take that chance, because that's just more books you can sell to that demographic that's only here for the wedding. Okay, true. You don't just keep officiating the same marriage that happened, (laughs) and now you have four different marriage licenses. Why not? <laughs> I still don't think the Jewish one would even count if it's happening in space. Because if it's anything like other places, they have to be officiated oh, on yeah. the same state that they're certified in. Oh. <laughs> he can't just say in space and like, and as the powers that be as the state of the planet Earth. <laughs> because he's not certified all over the planet. I'm going to say this guy is not a real... <laughs> He's not a real rabbi. <laughs> I think he's just a guy they picked up. What if he's just like Creed that shapeshifted? <laughs> he's like, small hat, done. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Step on a glass, we get to carry you around on a chair. Damn. I I love how you're nitpicking like the smallest things. Thanks, guys. That's not small though. That's a big deal. I mean, if you care about Judaism being okay, portrayed true. correctly. But, there like, are people who do. I mean, like, you... People, fans will die if you do not Jewish. if you do not show that like the thing is Jewish or that Daredevil is Catholic. Well, but people like to to fetishize religions that are like uh, minority religions, right? Mm-hmm. They don't do them right. Like it's a constant thing where it's like we know these little things about it and we have to hit those like main things. But like I don't think that accuracy was at the top of their, yeah, their I think priority they, list. They were more focused on, hey, big just wedding reunion thing and eventual <laughs> plot. Like, let's make references to it, but not actually do our research. But also, in uh, Marvel's defense, mm-hmm. uh, to play both sides, we don't know what Judaism is like in this world. Because, once again, we've talked about this, religion in comics is really touchy, Mm -hmm. because you have Judeo-Christian God, and then you've got everything else. I I really know next to nothing about how religion works in the Marvel Universe. I have a better idea of how it works in DC Universe. Yeah, I would Marvel writers don't know either. Yeah! I don't think anyone knows. (laughs) Well, I've, I've complained about this before, like how Tigra had her powers given to her by a cat goddess and uh she worked alongside evangelista or evangelista 
who received her powers from the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> oh. just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, again, like, it's the same thing, like, on DC. It's, like, the Spectre and, you know, Wonder Woman. Yep. And you've got Thor, you've got Captain yeah. America, you've got everyone working you in close Hercules. quarters. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, which one of you has the real god? And <laughs> we could have a horrible war if anyone, like, thought about it too hard, but no one is. If you go by Steve Rogers in the movie, where he's like, there's only one oh, god, god, man. man. <laughs> I love... I, th- that is actually a pretty good line and all-encompassing when it comes to comic books. Just, like, who cares? Like, just, there's probably way more religions out there than you don't see, even in Marvel and DC. And you're just like, how do people deal with this? Being like, yes, there are Christianity. But then there's, like, Wonder Woman running around. And well, she's fighting religion that, Ares. You know, believes all of them exist true but to do that you have to kind of turn your back on christianity because that one insists on like a monotheistic stand and if you believe that there are you know if you're polytheistic then Mm -hmm. that kind of makes all of the monotheism people shatter and then there's that debate of like in the dc and and the marvel universe where some of these beings that are viewed as gods on earth aren't necessarily gods because they come from a different planet so they're so just technically weird aliens. they're like aliens, right. Like in right. Thor's case or the um the new gods in DC. Yep. Either way, let's try and steer away from some <laughs> theology. Um because this this could be just a massive trap. But I will I will agree, like when when you do talk about like how much did they look into this, I don't I I think they just service level were like, hey, He's he's Jewish. Let's throw Jewish things that people know about <laughs> in weddings. There we go. And I was happy that they the, the little bits that they did have, they did have it instead of just completely ignoring it. And so I was like, okay, cool. Uh, during all of this, because we're not done, we're not just—it's not just a wedding. But uh, Wiccan becomes the court wizard to this Kree Scroll Alliance and makes a reference to being Merlin. And I was like, the court God. wizard. Mm-hmm. To the same people that are like, what'd they call him, a monkey? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was actually grandma. Is it court wizard or court jester? Oh my gosh, <laughs> what I heard. <laughs> but you do have, if you go back and you look and see who said that, that was grandma under disguise. Yep. She was the one really trying to separate him from Billy. Uh, I like the new outfit. We'll see how long it lasts. Was it just a ceremonial thing? I don't know. I think it was cool. And then that beautiful cameo spread, like, right afterwards, just, you have the Fantastic Four, you have the Avengers, you have the Kree and the Scroll Warriors, and the people you saw during the event, all the young Avengers are there, and you had the new event Avengers, uh, we cut to Thor and Captain America and Iron Man reminiscing about their first, uh, run-in with Billy and Teddy as the young Avengers, and kind of being like, it's kind of weird to see how far these kids have gone when we were trying to stop them years ago. And they also, with a toast, they honor the memory of Captain Marvel, being like, he would be proud of his son in this moment for everything mm-hmm. you've done. And I'm like, well, that's touching. It's <laughs> really touching. And then it gets broken up because uh, this woman named Abigail Brand, I, the name rings a bell and I've probably heard about her before. But she's the, or was, the commander of Alpha Flight, which is one of those other freaking oh, organizations. Oh, them, actually. There's so many freaking organizations. That's and, a Canadian one, right? 
I don't know. But Carol was a part of it, and Abigail's upset because she comes out of nowhere and bitches to Carol because she's like, you didn't warn us about any of this. Um, if we had known the Kotati were evil, we could have stepped up to help. Our entire jurisdiction is, like, intergalactic peacekeeping stuff. And you kept us on the back burner. Wah, wah, wah. And Carol's like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. We thought they were friendlies. And all of a sudden they turned on us. What did you expect me to do? It's not working because you always treat us poorly. And if Alpha Flight's an afterthought, it can't work. It's useless. And she walks off. And she's like, I'm done. I quit. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> All right. It seems like such a filler, like, argument. It does. And then at the same time, it comes back. And you're like, why did this come back? But it... To her com- Alpha Flight is still relevant. <laughs> no, it's it actually has nothing to do with Alpha Flight. But, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I do like... Bran's comment did bring up the fact that the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, they feel like each of their groups and some of their members act very independently and they don't sometimes cooperate on these when big things happen. Like, they don't tell each other. They don't confer with one another. They're too separated. So this is potentially opening up for better, like, super team cohesion um, that we don't really see very often in Marvel because they're always so very separate compared to DC where it's like, you got the Justice League, and then everyone reports to them. Well, that's also kind of because, like, it's different, what you call team dynamics between, yeah. like, Avengers and Justice League. And I think they've actually spoken about that. I forget who did. But, like, how Justice League is more of, like, we come together and there's something that needs us. And we know how to work together. Whereas the Avengers, not only do they come together, but for the most part, like, they live together. And, like, yeah. they spend more time together. And, you know, it's also because DC, it, they're not all just located in one city like the Avengers are. Yeah, because most, most of Marvel has always pretty much been in New York City Yeah, for the most part. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then with modern comics, they started to really branch out more being like, oh, you've got some teams over in the UK, you've got some stuff going mm-hmm. on over in East Asia, you got LA, like LA groups. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, they're starting to branch out, but they're also very separate. From one another like they mm-hmm. don't respond to one another if there's a crisis right like you're not gonna see the x-men and the avengers really like tag teaming not very often doing like practice runs and whatnot Mm-mm. well like you said with uh justice league it's really like batman does his own thing generally for the most part and if he knows it's gonna be a problem he'll call in the league and the league mm-hmm. will come in and stuff like that but uh with marvel if an issue arises that the Avengers encounter. Sometimes they just think, oh, we've got this. Or I've also noticed with Marvel, it's more like if there are going to be two teams in a in a situation, it's usually like a surprise team up. Yeah, like with this. It was just a surprise mm-hmm. Fantastic Four is here. Or even kind of like because they're, they don't have that communication like the Justice League. So like the Avengers show up on the scene and mid-battle, the X-Men show up on the scene because they were just a little more late to that alert. Yeah. Right. And that seems very dysfunctional from a planetary perspective, Mm -hmm. because then you're like, well, we could have used the Defenders 
but you didn't tell anyone. You, right. you guys decided that you seven would take on Galactus, mm-hmm. and no one else was in the loop. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. scary. And then you have Captain America <laughs> and then Cyclops both trying to like tell the other team, like the other team's people, like what to do to work better with their own teams. Which is insane because mm-hmm. they have so much experience. You'd think by now we could get past those little tiny stupid things that they would have if they were like in a frat or oh, like yeah. fresh out of high school. Said <laughs> like you have Cap that's telling like Wolverine like why don't you go help Thor over there? He's like you don't tell me what to do, bub. Well, you know what this actually teaches me or what it tells me is that everyone's on steroids. <laughs> I I've long suspected it. But you have to see them under stressful conditions to be, like, reassured that, yes, they are dosing. And that <laughs> that's my theory. I, I just want to talk. <laughs> you have, like, these two completely different teams. And then you always have, like, those independent heroes like Spider-Man who is like, I'll go wherever you need me. Just tell me where. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep zipping around. Yeah. Because at least... With, once again, the Justice League, like, if there's usually, like, a new superhero, they're either going to, like, indoctrinate them and, like, they're gonna be like, here's a communicator. Mm -hmm. Like, they give them communication devices and keep in contact with people and let them know if there's, like, a huge event. Even to non-leaguers, like the Teen Titans. Yeah. They all have communications, well, aside from, like, their own mentors, but they have direct communication to the Watchtower. Yep. But Teen Titans are, like, one of those weird little subset it's like a subset group of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. It's like they're little branch groups that all come together if <laughs> they're the, the need arises. Daycare. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, like Marvel, it's like they're all independent bubbles that when something big happens, they bump into each other like bumper cars and they're just like, eh, why are you here? And it's like, well, I guess we have to cooperate because uh, shit's going to hit the fan if we don't cooperate. Like, and, like, for the reader, it's like, oh, yeah, I never get to see Doctor Strange fight alongside Spider-Man and, like, the X-Men. But then, like, these people are, like, trying to work together. And it's like, oh, this is why we never see them work together. Well, and also <laughs> they're different genres, yeah. you know, in Marvel. So sometimes when they come up against each other, it doesn't make any damn sense. Because, you mm-hmm. know, it's the thing with the mutants, remember, when everybody's like, muties, we want to <laughs> kill them. But then, like, Spider-Man was running around. And they right. were like, Spider-Man, come to the mansion. You're one of us. You're technically a mutant. And he was like, ew. No, I'm not a mutant. That's I'm, right. I'm like another thing. And they're mm-hmm. like, you're a mutant. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> Acceptance is the first step. And he's like, he's like gross. I literally got bit <laughs> by a bug. I'm not one of you guys. What did they call it? They called it something else when you were like fused with a an animal I, I forget i remember watching the the spider-man cartoon yeah. and they were telling him this <laughs> they were trying to a... kidnap him <laughs> i know they pretty much just call from what i've gathered those that aren't mutants like captain america or spider-man they're enhanced but still not good enough to yeah yeah now the, ter- the tables have turned but like at the time it didn't make any damn sense that people would be like oh, you're amazing, you have powers, you're so cool. Mm -hmm. And then you look at someone else with powers and you're like, gross, that's disgusting. That is an abomination and God (laughs) says no. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, they need to separate those guys. The Avengers are all, you know, the the world appreciates them, the government throws money at them. So you have to be like, okay, 
what's the difference between these powers and the ones that they're trying to actually commit genocide against. Right. Yeah. And it gets too dicey, so they have to, like, keep them in bubbles. Mm-hmm. And I think now they're doing a better job of merging them. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of... But so too much politics, though. It, like, yeah. too many different... Uh, mm-hmm. worlds and mm-hmm. governments and religions <laughs> colliding <laughs> all on top of each other. But, Sorry, you were talking about Alpha Flight. Continue. No, I was talking about that, and I feel that hopefully this sparks more talks of cooperation uh, between the teams. This was mostly Reed going like, huh, we really don't cooperate very well, and you're like, hmm. Wow, Reed. It's <laughs> surprising coming out of your mouth, but alright, cool beans. <laughs> Uh, maybe you and Tony can get at least your two groups uh, together to maybe like set up better communication between you all. I don't know. That would be nice. We'll see if anything comes of it. I really hope it does because I think like the way things are going right now in the Marvel universe, like the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, yes, they'll they'll probably agree to work together. The X Men will be like, we will work with you, but just keep in mind we are the superior beings. <laughs> I just don't think that. Fantastic Four should work with anyone. I think they work better when they when they move small. When mm. they get in these big groups, they kind of get sucked up. Like once in a while, like when they do like a one person team up, like Spider Man or She Hulk or like yeah. something like that. Like it's usually really good. But I That's think fun. what they're mostly mm. talking about is if they if anything to this magnitude happens again, or what happened last year with War of the Realms, it's good to have better communication across the board. <laughs> They're finally getting on the Justice League level. <laughs> Probably. We'll see <laughs> what happens. A couple decades too Gosh. late there, but... <laughs> uh, it's never too late for communication. <laughs> but once they stop com- uh, contemplating that, Billy and Teddy, they decide to go over and greet their best friends. The original, like, all of the uh, Young Avengers are there, and they have an adorable little reunion. Kate's crying, which is kind of weird. I was like, this is kind of out of character, I feel like. She said, it all started at a wedding. Who'd have thought it'd end up like this? Because their first mission was saving a group of people from a fire that they started by accident at a wedding. And Kate was there, being one of the bridesmaids. So it's like, it's kind of a cute, it was kind of like full circle. Like, all of this craziness started. You guys, we got recognized. I found you at a wedding. And now here we are at your wedding, finally. And I'm like, okay, let's sweet sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm just like the her callback is to remind you how much they suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they were idiot teenage boys. <laughs> they tried. My wedding gift to you is that thought at 3 a.m. when you wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> okay, I'm the one who threw in the, like, the fire that they started thing, because my brain went there. Uh, but... It's okay. <laughs> but... That's what happens when you let me speak. <laughs> Y'all started... You pause. Up. This is your fault. <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> and the festivities are over. The, the festivities was like a flashback in the middle of him interrogating his grandmother and dealing with stuff. He now has to deal with Captain Glory and the Super Scroll because Captain Glory betrayed him and pretty much uh, was conspiring with Grandma to have a coup, but in the end did tell the truth and did 
tell him that it was his grandmother. Uh, he doesn't forgive him for all the bloodshed that he essentially caused, forces him and the Super Scroll into relegating to di- them to diplomatic service because the Super Scroll killed his foster mom, essentially, the stepmom, and almost caused the destruction of the sun and ultimately the solar system of itself. And he's not very happy. And he said, pretty much, you caused too much mass murder. Now you're going to stop it. You're now diplomats. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> You've caused too much mass murder. You're going to stop it. Pretty much. Because uh, he's, he's not someone who's just going to um, execute somebody. And he's like, I can't put you in prison because you have better uses. But this is this is your punishment. Because the scroll was, Super Scroll was like, I'll take whatever punishment you'll um, you'll give me. It's the same uh, punishment you would give to a rando on the street. Literally, if he's just like, "Hey, your punishment is don't be bad anymore." Yeah, like that was the default. Can you're you go going, a little lower? You're going to stop. I don't have a squirt bottle right now, but if I did, <laughs> I'm gonna shake my finger very sternly this time. But Captain Glory actually says he refuses the order. Teddy was like, "If you don't." follow through with my orders and I'm going to have to order you uh, pretty much you're going to be imprisoned and he's like I guess this was it's going to take because I can't I can't go against my nature and then it jumps all of a sudden the page literally just says the future an indeterminate time in the future and there's a dead captain glory and Hulkling is surrounded by like dead or unconscious bodies, and there's rubble, the um, Alliance flag is hanging off of something, and he's laying there really injured. And of course, a freaking uh, Abigail Brand shows up. She apparently turned against the Alliance for whatever reason, and quotes, I told you it wouldn't work. Why are we ending on a dumb cliffhanger? Is this going to be the next big event? Because if so, um more please i would like to know more news um about this will it be avengers thing i don't know it looks like an x-men thing because she's wearing an x-men outfit she does look x-men-y so she has x's on her logos it might be um alluding to that because i'm pretty certain she might be a mutant i'm not certain about her is that bishop behind her i i don't know who any of them are behind her to be honest and i'm like okay then weird uh everything else was going pretty smooth and anything to do with abigail just makes me go what what is the point of this ewing are you trying to hint at something else is this ever going to come to fruition if it does i hope this teddy guy gets better with his (laughs) his rulings because if you're not gonna listen to my orders then i'm gonna have to order you to be imprisoned (laughs) To be fair, those two did seem, like, really pliable to whoever had the crown. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you are gonna have that guy who's like, yeah, either kill me or imprison me. Yeah. I'm not gonna listen to you. No. I did like how it was showing him starting to try and step into that role a bit more. Like, he's new at this. Like, he, he doesn't know truly what he's doing. Just a little leeway he'll learn. And I've never seen... Teddy actually get angry like he did. Anything that I've read with 
He's usually the calm one. Angry. <laughs> he brought out the finger. <laughs> what? He got I mean, angry. to wag it. To wag the finger. <laughs> no, he like... I don't know what I was implying. <laughs> he grabs the Super Scroll, like, pulls him up, and just shoves him back because he's so pissed at him. You're like, okay, there's some deep-seated anger underneath all of that. Okay. You mean like what Batman does in an interrogation room? Pretty much. What he does to his but children like... in public. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, those are secret messages. Those are coded messages. Maybe he was they giving a coded message to the Super Scroll. <laughs> it's gonna help them in the next event, you'll see. <laughs> but it's weird, because, yes, a lot of heroes are like, people like Batman, you see that happen all the time. I've never seen him do anything like this before. Like, he's usually a very level-headed, calm person. He's usually the one that's, like, having to hold his boyfriend back from almost murdering somebody. It was it was a little striking and strange. But, yay, he's growing a backbone a little bit. Maybe? Uh... I don't know. If you say so, Muse, I know nothing about this. I can just take everything as you give it to me. And I'm also, like, really summarizing it down in my weird interpretations of things. But I really enjoyed this. That's all that matters. Yep, that is all that matters. (laughs) I would give it still, despite some of the, the issues, I liked a lot of the character moments, and that was mostly what I was here for in this issue. Uh, regardless, I would give it a 9 out of 10. Um, with that, uh, let's let's head back into the world, as we kept mentioning uh, the Justice League. Let's touch on a Justice League character now. Uh, hey, V, would you like to go over your comic for this week? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no Batman this week. We're going to talk about Wonder Woman. Now, if you guys have been following our Wonder Woman reports, um, it's being written currently by Mariko Tamaki. The artist for this one is Carlo Barberi, and we're on Wonder Woman 762. So to catch you up from what we've been doing before, uh, Wonder Woman got uh, controlled. Basically, she was seeing things. Everybody who gets controlled hallucinates a little bit. So Wonder Woman gets hit by the hallucinogenic I can't say that word hallucinogenic stick and she (laughs) goes berserk on some marines right some marines not submarines Mm -hmm. she beats them all up she thinks they are parademons but they're fine no one died they looked like they died but I told her (laughs) that they're fine you can't kill anyone innocent that would ruin your brand so she hasn't killed them even though she thought they were parademons and was trying to, so it was very strange. Mm -hmm. But uh, she was worried about her neighbor, and she was looking for her because she thought, like, the house was crumbling and all that stuff. So she wakes up totally sedated. They um, convince her to work with Maxwell Lord. The last issue was that, with a little cliffhanger, being that everyone was being controlled through a Facetune app. (laughs) Um... (laughs) That some powerful person that was not Maxwell Lord, but worked like Maxwell Lord, was doing. And so then we cut to Maxine, who, I don't know (laughs) if you noticed, uh, but uh, I called it. You did. Yes, and also 
I told you she she just had all the signs of a Mary Sue. She had the colorful hair, she had the the friendly animal, she had this way of walking into the main character's life and instantly becoming the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Also is the most powerful person in this comic now. <laughs> she goes by the name of Liar Liar and she is oh. Maxwell Lord's daughter. That what? is fine by me, but oh. Liar Liar with no <laughs> pants on fire. What kind of name movie. is Liar Liar? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh. it's kitsch. It's a little kitsch. So, yeah. One thing that we've noticed from Rico Tamaki's writing is this insane amount of um, boxes. There's just a lot of like internal explanation of what's mm-hmm. happening. It almost works better as a book, you know, where the, the main character can be speaking directly to the audience um, more than they're speaking to other characters in the book. Uh-huh. She's constantly saying really trivial stuff like, back on Themyscira, you knew who the enemy was. <laughs> it was not the women who lived there and you know in the world there's deception and i've been discovering it's a blanket covers everyone everyone's deceptive here it's showing the news it's showing people fighting there's all this talk about the hallucinations we get to see it it with like a bunch of different random civilians so it takes up the majority of the book of her just you know going to rescue this guy who's jumping out of building and it's a um, lot of like repetitiveness of like those same text boxes are exactly describing what you can clearly see on the panel. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of that, like, navel-gazing from the author mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. They're also kind of trying to make it seem sort of deep. Mm-hmm. She's trying to tie this into some universal lesson about deception, but it's not really landing because it's really basic sophomoric writing. Yeah. And so, as you can see, like, I started off giving this more of a chance... I've slowly been veering away from it a little bit. I mean, I've been right there with you, too, as we've been reading it. It makes me feel validated when I can have you back me up on these. So just to give you the cliff notes, basically, um, she and Maxwell Lord team up. They go to a Denny's. They stop some guy who's going to shoot it up. And then some other guy is going to shoot them up. And he, like, makes the one see everything clearly. The second one, he makes him think he's a dog. And then Wonder Woman's like, you cut that out. And he's like, ah, oh, come on. Maxwell Lord you're talking about, right? Controlling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he like controls people's minds, makes them think things. And Maxwell Lord has to explain, um, kind of like he did in the last one, that he's not a bad guy. He's actually trying to protect the universe from superheroed freaks who take <laughs> the high road, you know? He's, he like oh read... <laughs> He just like he read Lex Luthor's autobiography, <laughs> and he was like, "This is this makes good points, you know. I should write my own. It'll be identical." So <laughs> he's basically, like, you know what? No harm, no foul. You you were right. I was less right. Uh, I saw behind the source wall, and I saw that my plans weren't going to work out. So I changed him. I'm actually a pretty nice guy once you get to know me. And Wonder Woman's like. Deception. <laughs> Disgrace. <laughs> She's like, it could be. Are we going to be deceived by him, or is he not deceiving us? Um. Basically, yeah. So we get liar, liar. She gets some marine to give her a ride to the base. Um. 
she crashes a car into them for some reason. <laughs> like, that's not going to hurt her. And I think, to quote her, she said something like, And then you're going to smash this car up their mm-hmm. butts! Yep. Which, what? I don't know. I would have thought, maybe don't do that, because they might take it literally and it would be weird. But he did. He actually crashed into them. And mm-hmm. she was in the car. Which, I don't know, if I was going to mind control people, I probably wouldn't tell them to crash a car that I'm in. Because she's not invulnerable. She's just a mentally... Okay, anyways, that's enough of that. She (laughs) takes her bunny, puts him in this danger as they crash a sedan into a jeep. And, of course, Wonder Woman is not hurt, because why would she be? Mm -hmm. And Maxwell Lord is like... What? This was you? And she's like, yep. The name's Liar Liar. Good to see you, Dad. Because there aren't enough uh. LLs in the DC universe. We need one more. <laughs> and she even uses, like, the, the Lex Luthor font for her name. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, it's bad. Well then. It's silly. She, she gets a bunch of the Marines to, like, turn on them with her magic mind control. But she's standing in front of them and all their guns, which just tells me this girl is not great at I really feel like there were so many like things I'm like oh I'm gonna take this from this part of DC I'm gonna take this from this part I'm gonna take this from Tumblr I'm gonna take this from Tumblr (laughs) yeah it's mostly mostly Tumblr Tumblr. I know that we want the fight to happen in the back of the Denny's but I thought it would be a little (laughs) more fun (laughs) oh my gosh you're right they did have a fight in a Denny's I didn't even put that together I was just like huh Denny's okay Listen, I knew it was Tumblr-ish from the get-go. Yeah. I, I'm not as shocked or offended as you seem to be. It's just, it is what it is. It's not Joshua Williamson. What are we doing? No. It's, it's nothing. Uh... Nothing is Joshua Williamson. That is a, that's a chef kiss story right there. What did you think of the art? I didn't like it. No, right? It's, it's inconsistent. People have their eyes traveling towards the sides of their heads. Ooh. Did you agree what I, was, what I was telling you about that? Where, like, in a couple scenes, like, regular size face, but small, like, facial features close to center? <laughs> yeah, I saw some of that. I Listen, a lot of it, it's just, it feels like a new artist thing. Where, like, mm-hmm. you're still getting it together. Like, you're sort of copying some stuff from Jim Lee. You're copying some from someone else. It looked like a bunch of different artists, and it also looked like the anatomy was all off. Yeah. Especially with Wonder Woman, like, some of the stuff was overly defined, but, like... Or even, like, some things were, like, proportions that were should off. have been defined were not defined, like her face. Her face in some of those panels looked like it was, like, a round, like, piece of bubble gum. <laughs> it's someone doing their best. But listen, the story <laughs> wasn't great, so the, no. the art didn't take away from it. It didn't add to it, in my opinion. I have feelings, but not a lot. <laughs> I'm just like... Eh. It was a story. I Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say maybe it's like a... I don't know, a 2 out of 10? Like, it's yeah. not... I'm not That's offended, but I'm not gonna read it again. It's just kind of no. bland. Did this end the arc for it, or is it no. still... Um... No, it's still This going. is the beginning of the standoff. So basically where we're at, Liar Liar has a bunch of Marines pointing guns at Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman. And she's outed herself as, I'm not interested in your upholstery, Wonder Woman. I'm a bad guy. And I think she <laughs> is either going to want attention from her dad that's positive, where she's like, 
daddy why won't you love me or it'll mm-hmm. be like dad you abandoned me and now i'm gonna beat you up yeah and then he's gonna like basically probably bitch slap her a little bit because it's gonna be like <laughs> i'm stronger than you and mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing and then wonder woman's gonna be like they're there we can turn you good or something like that i was just gonna say like, she's <laughs> got, no matter what she's gonna get an invitation to themiscara oh probably <laughs> get a Themyscira in rehab. Let's turn you good. And especially now that the island's out in the public, it is easier to get to for yep. any woman. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, maybe she'll turn good. Maybe she'll escape into the night and be like, another day, Wonder Woman. Or... <laughs> you haven't seen the last of Liar Liar. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a silly name. Maybe maybe she will win. Maybe she'll kill Maxwell Lord and she'll become the new Ms. Lord. And she'll take and over his empire. And maybe she's going to uh, lie low for a while. Oh, oh no. my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> well then... Yep, so that's that's my review. It's uh it was not a great review, but it was not a great book. And it was not entertaining because no. you know what? I look for really bad books. So here's my <laughs> message to Mariko Tamaki. If you want to entertain me, you better pull all the stops. I want bubblegum cringe. I want <laughs> I want women with bunny ear masks and rollerblades. Look at Batgirl. <laughs> we can do better. But just like Batgirl, please keep those Joshua Middleton covers. Oh, hell yeah. yeah no, the that, covers the are cover great. for this week, this cover for this week was good. <laughs> Holy cow, they are great. Great <laughs> covers. The insides leave little to be desired, but I like to collect yeah. them for the covers, so I'm not going to stop buying it. I am so waiting for 765 to come out. That Middleton cover, I think, is my absolute favorite by far. Here's a suggestion. You get that beautiful Middleton cover... You then perfectly take off the cover from the comic and then <laughs> shred the rest of it and throw the beautiful, put the beautiful cover somewhere for framing and prettiness because the rest of it is garbage. You cannot do that to Joe's comics. He will not allow it. <laughs> Even true. if it's like terrible. He does not desecrate <laughs> books. I don't believe that man has ever put a dog ear in a book in his life. Oh, I have. You have? Yeah, when I was little. Oh. I used to put I used to bookmark my pages that way a lot. Wow. Welcome to the wrong side of the tracks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I have only desecrated one book in my life. And I'm just going to tangent real quick. And it was Foxhole Court because everyone was screaming about it. Because they're like, oh my gosh, it's really good. And <laughs> got like really good representation. Because like everyone had read it after reading Captive Prince, which has its issues, but at least has good characterization, um, and you understand who the characters are within the first chapter or so. Fox Cold Court, they were bland. They weren't Mary Sue's. They were bland. So I took this, like, what is it, self-published book, and I threw it in the trash. Aww. It was five bucks on Amazon, and I went, thunk! I was tempted to make it into kindling, but I was just like, nah. <laughs> You don't deserve that. wasn't in your repertoire at that time. Uh, I was going to say, that's good barbecuing. Yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, Mr. Bad Pun over here, would you like to talk about your book for this week? 
I don't know where Mr. Bad Pun went, but I will happily talk about mine, <laughs> if you don't mind. I can just you run think I was... right over into that spotlight. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> so, I read The Flash 761 by Joshua Williamson, and the art was by Howard Porter. This was a giant concluding fight between the Flash family and Theobard Thawne's Legion of Zoom, which has made up a whole bunch of different villains that he's picked up from all different parts of time. So I kind of spoke about this the last time where Theobard was trying to control Barry's body. He had his Legion of Zoom. You get a couple members of the Flash family uh, returning, like Jesse Quick and Max Mercury, who were stuck in the Speed Force, along with Bart Allen and Wally West at different times. But they were able to be rescued from the Speed Force with Barry as he broke free from Eobard's control. They're all doing their fighting thing. Max is trying to hold his own. Him and Jay are getting a little bit tired because, you know, they're old. And Max decides that he's going to meditate. He focuses on the Speed Force and he kind of uses it as a way to channel his energy to the other speedsters that are connected to the Speed Force. And he is able to bring back every other speedster you can you can practically think of. I'm talking Fuerza from earlier in Williamson's uh, run. She was a new character that was introduced. You have Giant Iris West. Yay! You have XS from the future, which is Bart Allen's cousin. You have Commander Cold and the future rogue uh, gallery, who are actually the heroes. You have Earth 2 Barry Allen, and you even have 90s Wally West. So that particular Wally West, he was the one that had like a, like almost like a maroon colored outfit, and he had the silver uh, lightning on his on his design and stuff. So all of these people come and they start fighting them off. Really, really awesome. It was cool to see them all again. Um, Iris, uh, little Iris, makes a comment to Bart and saying that. He stole her costume, and Bart had to remind her that he was impulse first before her. Ha! Cute. And while this is going on, Barry is fighting Thorn, and Thorn is explaining to Barry, you know, more of how he's interrupted his life, how he plays a part in every single little thing because he was such a Flash fanboy. He knows everything about the Flash. He wanted to become the Flash, blah, blah, blah. Everything he says, every single issue that he is in. So he starts to explain to Barry about the negative speed force a little bit and how because Thorn is attached to the negative speed force, he has this ability, he can't be seen, but his voice becomes like a haunting whisper and almost like a hypnotic type of way, kind of have like whoever he's talking to basically convince him to think a different way. And he shows a couple different examples of this. He shows using the negative speed force to talk to Wallace West. Wallace West, who is with the Teen Titans, and telling him how he knows that what Robin is doing is wrong, but go along with it anyway. And he's referring to how Damien is taking all of their villains to Titan's Tower and trying to lobotomize them and reform them. And he is talking about even Wally during Heroes in Crisis. Oh, goodness. Which, connecting that in there, in, he whispers to Wally, nobody is going to believe this was an accident. You have to cover it up. 
so they're trying to fix some of the inconsistencies in characters, by especially that yes. one being like, oh, this was mm-hmm. a mistake. This killed Wally's character. I'm going right. to fix it. Scott Lobdell wrote the six issues flash forward series, which is what redeemed Wally West back from being this guy locked up in jail from Heroes in Crisis. And now Williamson kind of just implemented another factor into Barry's decision making from Heroes in Crisis. So like he was a little bit redeemed already, but this kind of just added like another little tidbit. It's like, oh, okay, I guess you can also blame Eobard Thawne now, I guess. But it's just so weird. Like, oh, I have this magical power of negative influence on people because I am a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not only that, because like the negative speed force, it's not something that's usually generally explored. You just know it's the opposite spectrum of the regular speed force that everybody knows. And so there are some things that, you know, every writer kind of hints at, like Barry doesn't understand about the speed force yet, and that he still has a lot more potential that he can build up. So it kind of makes sense in a way that's like, yes, like, Eobar could potentially use something like this, who really knows? Anyway, while this is going on, their fight gets interrupted by Wally, who is reaching out through the speed force to Barry. The speech bubble is blue, black, and white, which it has been since the end of Flash Forward because he's been infused with Dr. Manhattan and the Mobius chair. Mm. And this is kind of how they're tying in the death metal event because Wally tells Barry to come look for him. And thankfully, editor's note says, watch the beautiful reunion between Barry and Wally in Dark Knight's death metal. So just another little tidbit to tie that into there and why Wally doesn't show up with the rest of the Flash uh, family when Max Mercury reached out to them. Hmm. The other thing, which was really cool, they're all fighting these villains. They don't know what to do with them because they're all lost in time. All the sidekicks, uh, Kid Flash, Bart, giant iris avery from the justice league of china they all start coming up with this plan of like well if they're all from different parts of time we know that people from different times vibrate at different frequencies so if we can match their frequencies we can send them back to the times that they're supposed to be in other speedsters are looking at them jay is like should i lead them along and max is like no no they're they're on the right track let them let them piece this together let them Aww. have their moment of, like, we have this idea. So Iris is overhearing this, and before Bart goes to run off, she stops him. She's like, but if you vibrate at the same frequency as one of these people, isn't that going to send you back to the future? And I'm not going to be able to see you again? And Bart's like, I have to I have to do something. So they kind of have, like, that Aww. cute little moment. Bart. And what I forgot to mention the, the last time when I uh, spoke about the Flash, when Bart showed up and was kicking Eobard in the face and saying how he's mean and stuff. Um, Iris runs over to him and gave him a giant hug and called him out by name. He's like, "You, how do you remember me? She's like, Bart, all the stress, all the headaches that you've given me, all the gray hair, how could I ever forget you? <laughs> that's so sweet. Like, that's it was a... incredibly sweet. <gasps> that's like a better reunion than what... Um... <clears throat> Not going there. Anyways. No, that's immediately what I thought of, too. Not mentioning it, because that's a whole other tangent. But yes, that is exactly what I thought of. Like, how do all these other people remember exactly who, like, Young Justice is, and then you have not having that whatsoever. 
No. Anyway, so yeah, Iris is worried about Bart getting sent to the future. They all try their thing. Their plan works. Bart ends up getting to stay in this regular time. Iris runs over to him, gives him a giant hug, like, verge of tears, like, I'm so glad, like, you didn't get sent back. And uh, Bart is like, I guess the Speed Force realizes this is my home. Aww. That's so touching. And you cut to Barry and Thorn again. And this whole time in this whole story arc, you are um, getting a narration from the 853rd century on the planet Mercury, where that century's Flash and Kid Flash are running around the planet Mercury. They go to the Flash Museum because, of course, and they're talking about this specific event that is going on right now. That Kid Flash believes this is a great win for the Flash family, and this is such an important moment. That specific Flash says, no, this is actually remembrance moment because this is the last fight between Barry Allen and the reverse Flash. And that's how it ends. Oh, that's not foreboding at all. Exactly. And a reminder, Joshua Williamson is only on the Flash run until 763. So he has two more issues left, and then he has his um, Death Metal Speed Crisis event after that. So we are nearing, like, the conclusion of his official story, and he is just pulling out all the stops with all these callbacks, all these references, bringing in all these other characters back into DC continuity. I have been on board with his Flash run since I started, I think, like, issue 60-something, I want to say. And I I love this story. I love seeing the sidekicks get to have, like, their hero moment. Like, yeah, we've seen Barry do that trick before. We've seen a Jay Garrick do this trick before. And Max and, like, vibrating into the same frequency as their other person. But, yeah, I love this story. <laughs> I also wanted to call out uh, Howard Porter because when you say that Josh Williamson pulled out all the stops, what you mean is he used five million characters and... Uh, Howard Porter had to draw them all. <laughs> and oh, he yeah. had to fill these panels. They are packed with people. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, like, it calms down in the next one when it's just going to be Eobard and, and Barry. I don't know, honestly, because the past three issues, it's just been getting more and more. And Howard Porter has been almost through all of it. I've, I have seen his name on the Flash run, I want to say, since I started reading it. It's really great art, very consistent. That I'm excited to see it. I, I like to see more intimate stories, so getting to see like the rest of the cast shed a little bit, because it sounds like mm-hmm. they're all going to be partying and celebrating, but also like, where's Barry? And not be part of the next um, part right. of the story. Exactly. And not just that, like, of course, once this battle's done, they are going to return to their, their own times, because they know they can't just stay there. Still very cool how they managed to get them all there. I don't recognize half of them. (laughs) The only ones I recognize are Giant Iris and Excess because of Mm -hmm. reading some Teen Titans crossover stuff with the the Legion. What would you rate this comic? Oh, I gave this like a a 9 out of 10. Only because like I do feel like when it comes to Eobard, it's kind of like, it's a little bit repetitive because he's always bringing up how, you know, he's idolized Barry he always wanted to be Barry and he's always 
oh, yes, I had a plan for this because I've seen every single possibility of what could happen. Mm. And I've been a part of every single part of your life. You just never knew. And so there's always like an example of like something you never think of like, oh, remember this? That was me. Oh my you know, God. so I feel like there's always yeah. just like a little too much of that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like other than just kind of using Eobard as like that, uh, I don't know what you would call it, scapegoat or shoe win whatever mm-hmm. i gave this like a nine and mm. everything else i, I love so much about it nice all right so that is everything for this week's comic reviews but there were other comics that came out this week uh joe would you like to go over the dc comics sure um there was not that much Mm-mm. we had batman and the outsiders number 16 which i did not read because i forgot i took it off my pull list this is the second to last issue of that issue 17 is the last issue of outsiders you also had dark knight's death metal trinity crisis number one which i will say so it was written by scott snyder and francis manipul did the art the art was amazing a bunch of callbacks to previous crises and whatnot but every single death metal issue i have read i am always closing it and just thinking like what the hell just happened <laughs> that that was that's just me in general when it comes to death metal it just looks so imposing and ridiculous and i'm like i don't even want to try i'm done speaking of ridiculous you had more of those weird batmen of the different multiverse but these had completely different names not bat related but- there is one called the pearl and at first glance it looks like a bat symbol on a black manta mech suit. <laughs> it is Martha Wayne. Oh. The pearl yep. necklace. Yes. It sucks <laughs> so much. Which so she stupid. is wearing in that mech suit. That's great. They captured her whole character. <laughs> and then wow. you have another one called Cull. K-U-L-L. Who is the daughter of Batman and Wonder Woman. And that is why her outfit looks very Wonder Woman-esque, but it is black and yellow and has a bunch of bats where there would be W's. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's a redhead. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wonder Woman stuck Batman with, the, with paying her child support because he's rich, but he's not the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was that weird thing. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. You had <laughs> The Green Lantern Season 2, number 7. I stopped reading that a couple issues ago, but apparently in this issue you see Hal Jordan dressed up like the Spectre again. Uh, Hawkman 27. This is the third to last issue of Hawkman. Amazing as always. Great uh, seeing the Justice Society in there as well. Mm. And just more of like that heartfelt stuff between uh, Carter and Shaira and this being their last life and carter realizing he if he dies he's not coming back and he's afraid to die now and just having to deal with like that epiphany otherwise black label joker harley criminal sanity number five justice league odyssey number 24 nightwing 74 which i know you and i read me oh yeah that was oh that was good that was actually really good and very important issue because Dick Grayson is, is back. back. Yay! And no more fucking Rick Grayson. And no Dicky boy. 
It is full-on Dick Grayson Nightwing. I do feel bad for Bo. I felt really bad for her. I hope they do bring her back in and it's not like their weird way of like writing her off. Be like, yeah, she's gone now. Like yeah. He'll probably like chase after, after her after the whole joke. Probably. Mm-hmm. But... That's, that's about it. And then um, you had Superman 25. And yes. we had some more Marvel. V, would you like to read those titles out? Sure. This week we have The Amazing Spider-Man 48, Captain Marvel 21, Empire Fallout, but the Fantastic Four number one issue, mm-hmm. uh, The Magnificent Ms. Marvel 14, Marauders 12, and then we have the Gamerverse Marvel Spider-Man The Black Cat Strikes number five. Uh, Ravencroft number five is out. The Rise of Ultraman number one. Star number five. And The Web of Venom Wraith number one. Which will probably sell out real quick. So that's when you want to get. Yeah. And then X-Factor number three. And X-Force number 12. Do you know anything about that Ultraman uh, comic? Um, I don't know much i i know who ultraman is he's a tokusatsu character he's very old he's pre okay. he predates uh super sentai and came out around the same time i would say around common rider i don't remember which one's older but okay. um uh, i was interested i was tempted to pick it up i haven't read it yet i did read a couple of the other marvel comics captain marvel 21 was a empire tie-in it was cute uh her half-sister is now the accuser the Fantastic Four prologue was really good. Really interesting. That one, I think, actually has more promise for future events to come because we see the Watcher and something happens okay. with the Watcher and something to do with the tech that the Kotati had. So I was like, okay. And the kids, Teddy pretty much says, like, yes, they are in the care of the Fantastic Four, namely Ben and, uh, oh, God, his wife. Felicia? Uh, I forget her name. Oh my gosh. But they now have two kids. So one's cream, one's roll. They've kind of grown attached to the Fantastic Four. So I was like, okay, that's cute. Mm. Um, Rodders, Kitty's back. But she finds out what happened to her. They caused her death. She got tats on her hands and that's how it goes. X-Factor 3 was actually a lot better. The pacing was better. I was not as confused. And we got to see Shatterstar's. He's been on the Mojoverse, and I actually feel really bad for the guy because he is pretty much having to talk to them in code to let them know, like, what is going Mm. on. And apparently has been sending coded transmissions. But, yep, there is more promise in issue three, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm curious about that Ultraman one, though. I I didn't know anything about it. All I know about it was that Alex Ross has been teasing the art for this Mm. for months. I didn't know Marvel had the rights to this stuff. And then there was a cover where Spider-Man is hanging out with Ultraman. I'm not surprised. There was, uh, which is actually kind of cute, so history lesson. Spider-Man is, like, ridiculously popular in Japan. In the 70s, they created a live-action tokusatsu series. So tokusatsu was, like, a guy that created, like, superhero crime fighting, the Super Sentai, as we know here in the West as Power Rangers. Uh, He did Ultraman, he did Kamen Rider, and he also did the Spider-Man live-action series. So Mm -hmm. it was a cute nod to that fact, and Spider-Man would actually probably do pretty well in Tokyo. So I need to check that out, but go go and check that out if you have any interest in that. There is no news this week, but there will be a lot of news next week. Yes. We're going to cover that in a separate episode, so get ready for Mm -hmm. our fandom episode. 
But next week's comics, Joe, what do we have for DC? Okay. So we got Batman 99, which has the beautiful cover of Batman and Nightwing back-to-back fighting off Joker's goons. You have the Batman's Grave number 10. You have the team of Ram V and Fernando Blanco on Catwoman with Catwoman number 25. You have the anniversary special of Detective Comics 1027, which is the thousandth anniversary for Batman in Detective Comics. Then you have Justice League 53, Metal Men number 10, and Teen Titans 45. Pretty short list for DC, but Marvel's not much longer. What do we have for Marvel V? Well, we have Arrow number 11, Amazing Spider-Man Sins of Norman Osborn number 1. Uh, we have Captain America number 23, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown number 5, Excalibur 12, Hellions 4, Giant Size X-Men Storm number 1, which honestly does sound appealing. Love Storm. The Immortal Hulk number 37 is coming out as well. Iron Man number one, again. I forgot who's uh, who's writing that one, but this is actually Tony Stark. This isn't that stupid 2020 shit. Which I'm pretty certain 2020 isn't in continuity. I don't it's think. It's not? I don't know. I heard something from a friend. I know it's a miniseries. There's a bunch of 2020 stuff. Yeah. And I really don't understand it, uh, to be honest, but. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot of Iron Man number ones. There's so many Iron Man number ones. Well, <laughs> I think there shouldn't be any for a while. We need to stop it. Hopefully they don't need to reboot this one for low sales, while I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Iron Man number one, Star Wars number six. Uh, then we get Star Wars Darth Vader number five. That cover looks beautiful, by the way. Nice. It's half and half Vader and Anakin. Ooh. Nice. And then we also have Thor number seven. And we also have X-Men number 12. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Court of Alex podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Alex. Let us know which comic you want us to cover next week. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcast. Take care, guys. Bye. Take care.